0: Hey team, I want you to meet Sean McPherson, VP of Customer Success and Experience at Alice. But first, you gotta hear what Stuart Balcom said about Sean. Sean McPherson at Alice, a VP of Success there, came from Drift. It's a really great perspective from a success point of view, like what does it mean to build a go-to-market model that really makes customers successful? You probably talked to most people from early Drift days, but uh, how do you tie your go-to-market motion with building a brand that is self-sustaining um and that is is not just about the the one-to-one things that you're doing but actually rolls up into something much bigger. Sean, what are three ways your team converts your market into revenue? Yeah, so I think the the first one is what I like to call like customer-facing expertise. So what that means is being the expert on the challenge you are solving is key. So in in the past like several years, the buying cycles have really changed. It's all about Educating your customers, not only why you understand their challenges today, but how you will solve them in the future. Um, so with so many products out there, the switching costs are really low. So if you are helping your customers think about their challenges in the future, uh, or if you aren't rather, they're looking elsewhere at the end of the day, just because it is it is software as a commodity at the end of the day, especially in growing markets. Um, I think another way to, to look at this is to from even from a customer success angle is the customer advocacy flywheel is what I like to call it. Advocacy in itself is such a key component to the success of everything in marketing, sales, and your customer efforts. Being able to tell those stories of success in the, the what, the how, the why of their journey with your solution. Such a powerful tool to leverage as any type of output. So whether it's like a traditional case study or more in a slack group, like we've seen rising more and more today with, with the industry expert ones. So just being able to have more feet on the ground that aren't just your go-to-market folks. Um, And I would say the last one is it really does lead in this kind of like dovetailing into this is lead with telling your customers stories themselves. Everyone loves a story. Um, One company I always look up to, one leader I always look up to is Bob Iger, who was at the helm of Disney for a long time. So everything they do, they do it with a purpose and experience. And that's all wrapped up in a story. That's because people love stories. And if you can take your customers on a journey throughout your funnel, they're going to be your biggest advocates over time in terms of just your biggest customers, your biggest champions, your biggest folks on social, you name it, that story is going to resonate. Um, and I think that's really inspirational and in, into getting, um, turning that market or that network effect into revenue. What are two hard problems that you recently overcame? Yeah. I'm going to give you two big ones just because they're really big ones. Um, And I think everyone runs into these. So we're in a newer space, in a newer market. So competitive markets, naturally, they're challenging. It's so easy to build a product today. So as a market matures, you get so many competitors that are coming in that you have to really hone in on what you do and where are you going. We've had this struggle because companies come in with a fresh perspective of how to solve problems you have to really focus on articulating why your vision, your products, and your experience, and what they should be investing in, from the customer standpoint. And that's a big challenge as as competitors are coming in fast and furious, especially challenging your sales, your sales narrative, or your market narrative, or even your customer narrative, and just being ahead of that—it's always a headwind. I think the other one is, and this is a big one, like everyone has it, um, especially in the past couple of years is turnover and, and the quote unquote great resignation. I think, again, everyone's having this challenge and not only during the pandemic, but post pandemic world. Um, so specifically in my realm with customer success, it's exploded. Investors and companies are starting to really understand how these investments in, in customer success have long-term payoffs in terms of, of lifetime value. So naturally it's created a lot of challenges in retaining talent. So we've had to really focus on why our company and our organization is one where it becomes a launch pad for careers and customer success. So we think about how are we investing in the careers of folks and how are we ensuring they have passed at our company, or they are getting the skills and expertise to take that on a new company and grow in their careers. Um, Because that's really where a lot of the, the narrative has started to change pandemic and post-pandemic world. What's a roadblock that you're working on right now? Yeah. Um, One is what I like to call growth at scale. Every company runs into this at different stages. So how are we continuing to scale about heavy investments, um, but still giving a world-class experience? Because that's at the core of our DNA. So it's a delicate balance of, of testing new methods or appropriate experiences to be able to help customers get value on their own or self-serve that value. So this takes time, um, especially in new markets like ours, where it's, it's we're, we're flipping the script. So we are constantly testing and iterating on things. Some of these things will work, others will fail, but it's all in an effort to try and scale our business and put our customers in control versus us in control. So we want them to be able to, to essentially get the value without us and we want them to feel empowered to get there. Another one is is I like to classify it as like ruthlessly prioritizing. Um we at our company, we want to do everything. And being in a market that's traditional, um, traditionally working with agencies and we tend to think of ourselves trying to do everything. And that's a trap that you can fall into. And we we definitely fall into it. But at the end of the day, we have to be thoughtful on what we do and what will lead to the most. In- for our customers. So we are constantly reviewing or removing noise to ensure we are focused on, on those right things for our customers that align to our vision. And the last one, this is something I've I run as a roadblock at every company. Um, it's what I like to call the upsell flywheel. Um, we have an amazing customer success or value-led motion that leads to upsell, but we haven't necessarily codified that to understand what are the exact behaviors that lead to growth in our customers specifically. So it's been a challenge every company I've been with. And the goal is, is how do you create an alert system that tells you when it's time to have an appropriate conversation about new features or upselling? Um, not just kind of like peppering them all the time. So we're just embarking on that, that behavior mapping journey right now to figure out what are those key moments. So instead of going to our customers and saying, this is a great new feature, when are they ready for that feature? Uh, When does it make sense for them to actually start educating them um, about that based off of what we're seeing them do? What are three mental models that you use to do your best work? Yes, yeah, inverting um, this is always my favorite one. Uh, so inverting a problem, I, I really credit this to to David Cancel, who really helped distill this throughout um, the company at Drift when I was there. It's about looking at the outcome and finding all the places it could fail. So you you honestly don't go there. It gives you less of a cloudy view of how to find the right critical path and avoid all of those those failure points along the way. Another one is honestly just being comfortable with failure. And I think this is something a, a lot of people struggle with, um, or aren't comfortable with, but it will help you, uh, learn and grow. So fail fast, test things, iterate. No one has a playbook for your business or the right framework. So it's all about testing it and finding the breakpoints for improvement. And I think the last one is, is I like to call it just, it's honestly just a scientific method and it kind of goes with being comfortable with failure. I'm a huge nerd and one of my favorite um, YouTubers is Mark Rober. Um, And I love embracing engineering and everything I do with planning. So when we're looking to make a change, we have to make sure it isn't drastic enough that when it either is successful or a failure, we know exactly what made it so. So making one change, testing it and quickly iterating um, it's a constant philosophy of my team and kind of the the priorities that we take on. What are three techniques that other GTM teams need to try? Yeah, um, that's my favorite one, is listen to your customer stories. Every sale, lead, and customer has a slightly different perspective as to why they're buying. Understanding those stories and who the people are in those seats are so key um, to being successful in, in selling cycles today. So people want to buy into a vision. They want to hear stories about how other people got there. I think long gone are like the days of feature selling or tossing out random metrics to really wow an audience. If you can tell a compelling story about where a person started, their result, and then most importantly, how they got there, you're going to win that customer every single time. Another one is what is becoming this more trending topic, which is called like customer-led growth and, and credit to Chris Hicken over at said for championing this philosophy, um, but focusing on the value customers receive versus the value the company thinks their customers should receive. So when we're making decisions about how to improve the experience with any part of our company is like, how are you incorporating the customer data to make that decision, whether it's quantitative or qualitative? Um, and the last one is is more focusing on where to market, sell, and service, where you perform best and segmenting off that. Some folks can call it ICP. Um, so meaning where you address the customer, your customer's problems the most, service is lighter because there's a clear path. And that segment of the market clearly resonates best with your customers. So essentially, it's easier for them to, to resonate with why they're buying this, how to get there, and how to be really successful with it. Um, you're gonna spend a lot less time in money selling those folks, marketing to those folks and servicing them. Who are three operators that should be our next guests and why? Yeah, hung am going because I'm gonna put one on my team. Um, so the first one I learn from him every single day. Um, and I'm so, so thankful that he's actually on my team. So Ethan Wallfish um, is our support leader. He's amazing. He's not only built an organization from scratch and the structure to support it, but he did it people first. Um, this is generally challenging, especially in support, but we have scaled across all time zones and we've introduced global support with ease. He's also a massive contributor to the support-driven community and gives back to a ton of folks there. Another one is a mentor of mine, um, Howard Green. who's He's a, um, a multi-time CFO with many scaling companies. Um, part of being a successful operator is understanding the business inside and out and the opportunities it presents. So he's my go-to person for advice when thinking when thinking and pressure testing new ideas, making sure we have the right barometers in place, thinking about how investments impact us three years out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and lastly, if someone actually, I don't know personally, but I feel like I know her personally because um, she gives so much back to the CS community um, with sharing her playbooks is, is Chrissy Falteruso over at Client Success. Her focus on showcasing how customer success is a revenue driver and how CS leaders can get to the level of other leaders in an organization is spot on. She's given back so much to the CS community and leveled up so many leaders in in the several years. And, and honestly, she's one of the top CS leaders and revenue operators out there. Thank you, Sean. That was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Hey team, what did you think about this? I think you need to put Sean McPherson on your go-to-market radar. If you can't recruit him, You could try to join Sean's team at Alice, or you can try to join mine at Monograph. We're both hiring. Oh, by the way, have we met yet? I'm Chris Morgan, host of the Market to Revenue podcast. Shoot me an email right now about what you thought about this episode. It's chris at markettorevenue.com. Talk to you in a moment.